Welcome to TMI, a podcast by Henry Ford Allegiance Health. Well, this is a little bit different today, isn't it, Jen? It definitely is. <laughs> uh, the guest we have, the surprise guest, is actually not in Jackson right now, so we're doing something a little different. We're uh, using the technology of the internet to connect, and as some people might know, the Heart and Vascular Expo is coming up in a few weeks. If you're listening to this podcast later, that's okay. We have one every year. Um, but this year's speaker is something that I am super excited about. Me too. She is a motivational speaker and heart health advocate. Her name is Eliz Green. And after surviving a heart attack at the age of 35 while pregnant with twins, she became passionate about sharing her story mm-hmm. and helping others provide strategies for managing their stress. And she's been doing a lot of stuff since then. So in 2010, she received the Heart Hero Award and is a national spokesperson for the American Heart Association. She was recently named one of the top 10 online influencers on stress and is a heart disease expert for Answers.com. That is awesome. So Eliz, thanks for coming on and welcome to the podcast. Oh, it is a delight to be here. And I'm very excited about coming to see you in person in a few weeks. So, Eliz, why don't you um, start out by telling us a little bit about yourself? I know we just did a little brief mm-hmm. intro, but I'm sure there's a lot more. Um, so tell us about yourself and kind of how you really got into this. It really began with this wacky medical thing that happened to me when, as you said, when I was 35 years old, I was seven months pregnant with twins. It had not been a simple pregnancy. I'd been on bed rest for the majority of my pregnancy and had been in the hospital on bed rest for a month when one Sunday morning I had a heart attack. And it now what they believe happened is that it is a rare but not unheard of consequence of pregnancy. Hmm. My um, one of the arteries in my heart, and arteries are sort of like garden hoses. They have a couple of layers to them. So the inside layer of that artery peeled away from the outside and created a trap door, which stopped the flow of blood, which caused the heart attack. Fortunately, as I said, I was in the hospital at the time. I think if it had happened at home, I wouldn't have survived because I wouldn't have figured out I was in trouble fast enough. Wow. Fortunately, Not only was the hospital great for having babies, they had a very excellent heart program as well. So things happened very quickly. Uh, I was actually, uh, my heart didn't beat and um, I didn't breathe on my own for 10 minutes, which is a pretty long time. They were working hard uh, to save both me and the girls and they did. That day was pretty changing for our family. Not only were our beautiful twin daughters born by C-section, I proceeded then to have open heart surgery and a triple bypass. And goodness. I know, it's a lot. (laughs) It really is. (laughs) Now, in case anybody's worried, our girls are fine. They are in their first year of college. We really were extraordinarily lucky that oh, for sure. other than having a heart attack that day, everything went my way. There were, <laughs> there were nurses by my side immediately. There were doctors and just doing paperwork in their offices who 
I needed to come and help me and they were there. So it is, and I'm sure the people in your community know how important it is to have excellent healthcare close so that when you need it, you have it. We were very, very grateful for that. And one of the things that I really came out of it with was this passion to use this wackadoodle story to inspire other people to pay attention to their heart health. Because back when this happened, my girls are um, 19, it was a while ago, nobody was really paying attention to women and heart disease. It was really Mm -hmm. viewed as a men's disease. And women were often dismissed when they had symptoms of a heart attack. We've done a lot of work since then, and that's gotten a lot better, but it really is because people have invested the time and the money and the energy into making sure people are aware that we need to pay attention to our heart health and that the people who are serving us in the healthcare arena are looking out for women, which is great that there's been huge strides and it's something that I'm very proud to have been a part of. That is just amazing. So you've really taken basically what you've learned through your own experience Mm -hmm. and you've kind of turned that into, you know, kind of your way of living and just trying to, to help other people. So why don't you tell us about how does stress impact your heart health? Well, stress is one of the major risk factors for heart disease. And it's an often, I think, misunderstood, not really paid attention to risk factor because it's hard to quantify. Mm -hmm. We all know when we feel stress, but it's hard to identify, well, how stressed am I? And stress in many ways has become as important as a risk factor as smoking. It is something that we can have some impact on. We can't really change our family history or how old we are or our gender, but like smoking, we have the ability to impact our own stress. So it's something that we can change, we can have control over, and if we do it well, we can protect our heart because when we're stressed, there's this hormone released in our blood called cortisol. It does all kinds of really good things if we need it in an emergency. It makes our heart beat faster, it makes our blood pressure go up, and it makes our blood a little bit thicker so that if we were injured, we wouldn't bleed to death. All good Mm -hmm. in an emergency. Not great if that's our state all of the time. Our heart doesn't really need higher blood pressure or stickier blood. Right. (laughs) Right. So if we can experience the stress when we need it and then let that cortisol level drop back down to normal, which is what it's supposed to do, it's supposed to go up when we need it and come back down. And our bodies don't really know the difference between, you know, that car that pulls out in front of us and we have to slam on the brakes and a surprise birthday party. It's, Mm -hmm. It's the same reaction. But the point is, once those two events are done, that cortisol is supposed to come down. But when we live our lives at this high alert, stressed 
state all of the time, cortisol just builds up and eventually it will do damage to the heart. So that's that's the reason I first became interested in stress. Mm-hmm. And over the past three years, I've spent a lot of time doing research on job stress because frankly, that's where we spend most of our time. Right. And, <laughs> and really trying to find the answer to this work-life balance issue. And what I found out was really surprising. Well, I think that's probably a big thing. I mean, I know Dave, you know, what we do in the marketing department, I mean, it can be pretty high stress. Mm -hmm. We've got a lot of Mm -hmm. deadlines that we um, are trying to meet all the the time. So, I mean, work-life balance and stress in our work lives is is definitely something that we deal with. How about you, Dave? (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, I used to have my own business. And when you have your own business, I'm sure... You know about this, yeah, Eliz. You just—it feels like you're on twenty-four-seven. Right. You're just there's no way to turn it off. You're just always going because you're always trying to do better and improve and all that stuff. But right. at some point, I was just—I had to stop and <laughs> find a way to deal with that. And with two new kids, I was like, okay, peak stress. <laughs> started to feel heart problems and started not to feel great. So. Yeah. Just was like something's got to change. Right. And and stress as I said is something that we can change most of the time. Sometimes mm-hmm. you're yeah. in a situation where you can't escape it. It isn't yeah, and, something that you can change. Maybe you don't have the ability to switch jobs. Right. Or, what would you say that you could do in something like in a situation where you can't avoid So that is actually stress. the topic of my book. And oh, the, cool. the idea. So right now in April, Stress Proof Your Heart will come out officially. I'll have a few copies, advanced mm-hmm. copies oh, nice. at, when I come to see you in a few weeks. Awesome. And then um, I'm working right now on my desk are the edits that need to go back to the publisher on Stress Proof Your Life. And the whole concept of stress proofing is that there are things that we can't avoid, but we need to protect ourselves from the physical and emotional impact of that stress. And that's a multifaceted, skill-based solution. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we look at stress and we say, well, it's a work-life balance program or that mm-hmm. needs to be in place. But when I went and surveyed employees at businesses in all kinds of different industry across the country and around the world, Work-life balance wasn't the problem. There's just this very small, less than 10% of people say something related to work-life balance is their top stressor. What people identify as things that are stressing them out is overwhelm, the sheer volume of things that need to be paid attention to and Mm -hmm. uncertainty. And Mm -hmm. those show up in different ways for different people. Uncertainty can be anything from the election causes people a lot of stress because the outcome of that is uncertain. Mm-hmm. The national economy can be uncertain. Changes in regulations in your industry can be uncertain. And certainly layoffs or the changes in the marketplace can can cause a lot of stress around uncertainty. And mm-hmm. overwhelm, also layoffs can increase overwhelm or a change in the marketplace, those sort of things. So 
when we look at what's actually causing the stress, you can put things in place to deal with those issues. Hopefully you can reduce the uncertainty, reduce the overwhelm. But if you're in a position where you can't remove that, Mm -hmm. you have to make sure that you're processing that cortisol out of your body. And that's a lot of what we're going to talk about when I'm there. Mm -hmm. And also turning off that cortisol pump, because I I know we've all been in the situation where it's time for bed, but you can't go to sleep because that thing that you're stressed about keeps knocking on your mental door. Like, hello, I'm still here. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yep, exactly. All the time. There's four more things that you didn't do. (laughs) Right. So being able to disconnect from that source of the stress is really important to allow your body to recover. I see. Yeah. yeah. So that's a that's that's something we're going to talk about um, when I'm there in town as well, because you can do everything right. You can eat right, and you can exercise, and you can do all the things that you're supposed to do for your heart health. But if your stress level stays so high that your cortisol level is constantly, you know, cortisol is pump, pumping into your body all the time, your body never has a, a chance to really recover. And that's what right. we want. We want to get that cortisol down. We want to have a chance to recover. So the next time the car pulls out in front, we're ready for it. Right. Right. Because the, the stress, it affects you not only physically, like with heart disease mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. higher cholesterol or things like that, but you were talking about um, other ways that it affects you and like Absolutely. productivity or what other ways does it really affect? So when we're stressed, you- we go to that reactive place. It's very hard for us to think rationally, critically, and creatively when we're under a lot of stress, which is exactly how we need to think when we're under a lot of stress. Right. (laughs) So doing, practicing the skills that allows us to get that cortisol out of the body and disconnect from the source will allow us to better handle whatever is causing us stress. But first we have to recognize what it is that's causing us stress. And Mm -hmm. I have some techniques to, if that's something we can't really avoid, Mm -hmm. how are we gonna deal with that? We can can take care of disconnecting, we can take care of processing out, but we still need to give ourselves permission to be in the place where that is difficult and continue to make space for ourselves to live and work well, even when that is present. And and that's the real key. One of the things that I talk a lot about is that when we're experiencing a crisis or even an ongoing high stress situation, whether that's an illness in the family or potentially losing a job, that sort of thing, that vulnerability, that inability to really predict the outcome becomes very, very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But we can practice making unpredictable situations more predictable. Uh, One of the studies that I looked at, which I find just fascinating, is we like predictability. If we're in a situation, and even if we know it's going to be a predictably 
negative outcome, that's more pref- preferable. We're more comfortable with that right. than not knowing which way it's going to go. Mm-hmm. So if you're called in to your boss's office <laughs> at five o'clock on a Friday and you know that you are a rock star and there's no way you're getting fired, that's fine. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. If you know that people are being laid off and you think you're next, mm-hmm. that's actually less stressful than having no clue why you're being called into your boss's office. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> right? So if we can make the unpredictable more predictable, we can deal with that situation with less stress, more creatively, think more critically, be more rational, which really results in better productivity, better results, um, and, and more quality of life because we're not constantly in this state of, oh my gosh, I don't know what's going to happen, which is really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One, one thing that I've we've started to do in our department here is uh, kind of set an itinerary for all of our meetings that we have so mm. that even if we do have a surprise meeting comes up that comes up, we know kind of how long it's going to take and what's going to be covered and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So just a simple thing that we've done in our department to kind of lower that stress level and let people function and be creative or. Yeah. And be more prepared and all that. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that's that's a really smart strategy. Um, one of the other things that I did, because I had the opportunity to interview so many leaders, really looking at what works, and that predictability as a leader and the predictability of resources in the workplace is one of the best ways to make sure that your team is productive. Mm-hmm. If they know as their boss that you're product predictable, they're going to work through any sort of uncertainty or overwhelm much better than if they're wondering. So do you have any best tips that we can do to kind of make a positive change in our health? Mm-hmm. Or like what what's just something that we could take away? I know we're going to learn more here in a couple weeks, right. but... <laughs> One of the things I find absolutely fascinating is behavior change. And mm. I know for certain that information almost never makes us do anything differently. We have to have some internal or external motivation to do it. Otherwise, it's just not going to happen. We can know that you know, we need to eat more fruits and vegetables or we need to exercise more, whatever that behavior change we know we need to make for ourselves. But that's just information. Until we connect it to something that's important to us, it's not happening. So Mm. we'll talk about that when I'm there. But it's really important to connect. For example, I would really like to be able to sail. That's our activity in our family. We like to sail on Lake Michigan. We love visiting the the western shores of Michigan. From We live in Wisconsin. Nice. I know that I need to do the work to be strong enough and flexible enough to maintain my body so that I can do that long term. So everything 
I don't like doing push-ups. That is not my, like, that is not my idea of fun. But I also recognize that I need to have those arms strong so I can do the things on the boat that I need to do. So that connecting it to something that I want, I am Mm -hmm. far more likely to do the stupid push-ups. Right. Yeah, it seems like you kind of, I'm sorry, it just seems like you really have to kind of look at the bigger picture of what your end goal is and then kind of break it down from there to figure out how do I make this easier and less stressful on myself. Right. Yeah. Right. Because it shouldn't uh, be stressful. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Absolutely. One of the most impactful things I've seen or I've been involved with in a while is here at the hospital, we've been doing a couch to 5K program. (sighs) Mm -hmm. And we created this Facebook group and we have over 300 people in there all sharing their stories and encouraging each other and posting, doing live videos of when they go out and run and Mm. getting groups together during lunch. So it's that community thing and all pointing towards being able to run. And most of these people have never run Mm -hmm. before or or gone walking. So it's one of those things where you have that bigger picture of, a goal or mm-hmm. becoming more healthy, but all these other people helping you along the way. Right. Absolutely. I think that has been incredible. So much yeah. easier when you're doing it with others and being encouraged with the other, with, by others. The other mm-hmm. thing that I will also share is that sometimes we just bite off too much and then we mm-hmm. beat ourselves up for not being able to do it all. I'm a big Mm -hmm. proponent of picking something very specific that's achievable with work. So going Mm -hmm. from the couch to the 5K is a perfect example. You're not going to go to the couch to Iron Man, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) You pick something achievable and then you know what you need to do to get there. Having a Mm -hmm. plan is really important. So I'm going to start off by walking a mile. And I'm going to exactly. do that consistently or how I'm sure there's a wonderful system to follow. Yep. But what happens is we're good for a while and we're walking our time and we're doing our intervals and, and all of the things that we need to do. But then maybe we don't do it for a couple of days. Yeah. And we're like, ah, now I didn't do it. Now, now it, it's no good. I, it's just not going to happen anymore. And one of the things I say to myself every day is life is not about perfection. It's about moving in the right direction. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yes. During the couch to 5K, I um, injured my knee. Mm. So I had to take a break. And at that point, I was like, well, I'm not going to be able to finish this. Mm -hmm. But then it was just like, I no, I can just keep going and do what I can. Yep. Maybe my goal will be a little different, but it's still moving forward and. That's what worked. Yeah, we're all going to take a step off the path every once in a while. What's important is that you get back on. Man, so much good stuff to talk about today. Um, And uh, I think if we have a lot more stuff to talk about, (laughs) we could be here all day. Right, exactly. (laughs) luckily, we have a health expo the Heart and Vascular Expo. Yeah. Right. Um, so Eliz is going to be, um, for those of you listening, Eliz will be joining us on Saturday, February 29th. Um, the Heart and Vascular Expo is going to go from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the Jack's Naz Church here in Jackson. And basically this event is um, 
Yeah, we just welcome the community to come out. It's a free event. Uh, learn about how to keep your heart healthy. We've got plenty of exhibits, free screenings, heart healthy snacks. We've got um, a physician Yoga. panel. Oh, yeah, there's all sorts yeah. of uh, mm-hmm. heart healthy lunch will be served mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Eliz is going to talk to us about some of these techniques and ways that we can control stress and how we can kind of break this down and put it into our everyday lives. We all have different responsibilities, different jobs, and and all of that. So she's really going to help us figure out, you know, how to take this away and kind of improve our own health. So it's going to be an awesome event. I'm super excited. I'm excited. (laughs) Cool. All right. Well, uh, thanks for joining us, Eliz. And I look forward to meeting you in a a little bit here. And uh, thanks for coming on the podcast with us. Oh, it was a pleasure.